0: How does a bastard, podcast, son of a podcast, and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten podcast host, by Providence and Parvarish and Squalor, grow up to be a really good podcast? Well, Mr. Burr, I believe it's just by persevering and keeping on keeping on. So let's do just that. Here's the Intro Welcome to Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, a weekly podcast exploring the lives and minds of theatre practitioners in and around the New Zealand performing arts industry. I am your host, James Shearer. Today I am joined by actor, singer and author, Ellie Neal. Since graduating from Toi Whakare in Wellington, Ellie has gone on to play some of the most iconic roles in music theatre, including Glinda in Wicked, and Elle Woods in the court theatre's Legally Blonde, which was her first professional performing gig. Ellie joins the podcast to talk about growing up in the UK. She details the events that led to her landing the role of Elle. And of course, we get the story behind Ellie's pen name, EJ Eden, and the inspiration for her new book, I Am Marked. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy a conversation with Ellie on Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Hey, Ali, how's it going?
1: Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very good. How's level one treating you?
1: Oh, it's pretty good. Um, I was working through lockdown, so mm-hmm. we kind of can work from home a little bit more now, which is, I'm kind of enjoying it, just sure. being at home and working that from the laptop, laptop lifestyle, but <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Well, what, what are you doing as a job?
1: Um, I'm currently at PPC specialist.
0: Ooh, fancy.
1: Sounds real fancy, fancier <laughs> than it actually is. <laughs> um, so it's just digital marketing and, and, you know, like like if you see Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads, like I'm the person that makes those nice. and and sets them up and, yeah, it's really good skills to learn mm, for sure definitely. as an artist and an entrepreneur, you want to be able to promote your work and, and know how to do that well, so... Yeah, it's been a really good experience
0: so far. Totally. So moving into the musical theatre side of yeah the conversation, the first question that I always ask people, and I get a myriad of different responses, is what is your favourite musical?
1: It's... Literally Wicked.
0: Literally Wicked.
1: (laughs) Literally Wicked. Um, Yeah, so lucky that I was able to, it's been my favourite musical since I was like, since I got into musical theatre, so 12 or 11. And then, yeah, it just feels like a dream come true that I was actually able to do it not once, but twice. Yeah. Yeah, so I would definitely 100% say Wicked. It's just the best.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Apart from the fact that you got to play it, what about the musical stands out to you? Uh,
1: yeah, that's a really good question. I just love that it's it's centered around a friendship mm-hmm. of two women, two females. It's all about girl power. I always loved The Wizard of Oz anyway, so mm. then I feel like it was it's such a cool take on it. I've read the book as well. The book is a little bit longer and a bit more drawn out. Yeah. A bit different, a bit different to the to the musical, but yeah, I just love girl power. I love hearing about The Wizard of Oz and how it all ties in. And it's just, it's so clever and it's its written so well. And then the songs, the songs are just amazing.
0: Definitely. Like just
1: powerhouse songs for both the women. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, such a female driven show.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible show. And I, I feel really happy that the consortium is happening and all the Kiwis get to go see it and get to like enjoy the magic of Wicked. It's just, it's just amazing. And then I went with Jane Leonard who played Alfie with me yeah. in Christchurch, which is what we did as well together. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the West End and because awesome. we were both in Europe, Europe at the same time and yeah. we went and saw Wicked on the West End together That was like another really special experience. I actually saw her last night and we were talking about it. We were just like, wow, what a time. Yeah. What a time.
0: (laughs) So I want to talk about your kind of early life growing up and stuff. So did you perform in your childhood?
1: Yeah, I did. I I kind of have a tendency to, (laughs) sounds weird, like to copy my brother. So I've got a big brother. He's like four years older than me. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I just absolutely adored him and like all that he did. And he did this thing called Stagecoach because sure. um, we were living in the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's basically on, like, Saturdays, um, singing, dancing, acting, so the whole musical theater triad. Um, and he was doing it, and I just really wanted to go and hang out with him at Stagecoach. And I, I begged my mom, and I was about – I was younger. I think you should start at five, but I think I was about, like, three or four when I asked right. to go. Yeah. And then they let me go and, yeah, it was just, like, awesome. I remember one of the first experiences the stagecoach stage coach was we did The Lion King and, cool. like, me being me really wanted to play Baby Nala. Um, nice. <laughs> and I was just, like, desperate to play it and then I got, like, Dead Elephant number three or something and, like, <laughs> didn't get, get any lines. And I was like, Mom, and, like, had a tanty. And then the teacher, like, had to put a line in for me because I, like, Wanted to say a (laughs) (laughs) lot.
0: And this was at like four years old. (laughs) Yeah,
1: literally. A diva from the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of your mum, were your parents into the performing side of things as well?
1: My mum sings and plays the guitar. And she always like tells me about this band she was in when she was younger. So yeah. I think, yeah, definitely musicality there. But like no one else in my family. My brother did it for a little while. Like he was really good at the drama side, but mm-hmm. singing and dance, like he didn't like so much. And sure. he ended up getting like a drama scholarship to a school and then realised, oh actually I wanna play rugby and I wanna do cricket and like hasn't <laughs> really touched it since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my dad just is not not artsy oh well he is artsy and he's creative Mm -hmm. he's not performing artsy but he like paints Mm. and does things like that so I think there's a lot of like creativity in my family but with me specifically it's kind of come out in like performing yeah
0: yeah so you grew up in the UK Mm -hmm. when did your family come to New Zealand
1: yeah we came when I was about 11 years old Mm -hmm. so I was really lucky and I got put in Children St. James, which is a really great school for the arts. They have a dance center and they have a really good music program. Um, and just straight away, I was just like, so, so happy to be there because it really did push me in terms of the arts, like th- all throughout high school and from choir and things like that. I got in touch with people like Annabelle Cheatham, who's a really great singing teacher in Wellington and Jane Keller.
0: Mm-hmm
1: who's another really great singing teacher. And I just sort of like, just absolutely loved it, just lived and breathed it. Like I remember I'd come home from school when I was like 13 or 14 and I'd just go on YouTube and I'd, I'd look at musicals and I, it was just like studying from a really early age. I am quite good at imitating things in terms of vocally. I hear a sound and I'm able to imitate it yeah. quite well. And I think that is literally how I sort of, Coach myself. I was just like, "Oh, that's an amazing sound. What is she doing?" And I just listen and listen and listen, and then sing and sing and sing. Like I'd honestly do that till about like seven o'clock at night, just like looking at YouTube, singing, singing, singing. Yeah. So almost almost every day from really young because I just loved it so much. Mm. Yeah, and I think just that like really early. I think they say like to become really good at something you have to like do a thousand hours or you know ten thousand yeah, hours or yeah. something crazy. And I honestly think that that was stood me in really good stead going to that school because yeah. we just got to practice all the time.
0: Mm. Mm. What year level was that? Kind of the start of middle school or something?
1: Mm. So Chiltern goes from like primary school all the way to year thirteen. Yeah, we came here when I was like year six, so right. like still in primary. Yeah, and then I went all the way through to year thirteen, so got to got to stay there. And sure. yeah, it was just such a good school for the performing arts. Um, yeah. And actually going back with um. Nick Purdy to judge they have like a like a house drama house music oh awesome um, competition so in a couple of weeks I'm gonna go back and be like a judge which I think is really like so bizarre I'm like oh my god I'm so old (laughs) (laughs) I can go back and be a judge at my school yeah
0: coming in in year six you said do you remember that being tough coming into that school at that time
1: I mean I made really fast friends with a girl called Sarah, mm-hmm. who I'm, like, still to this day best friends with. Like, we've been friends for 15 years. Yeah. Another girl called Olivia. Like, we, everyone was pretty open and... Everyone just wanted more, you know. Everyone's pretty keen for more friends. It wasn't all girls' school, right? But I think, yeah, everyone was just like, I feel like at that age is well, everyone's quite open, and it's yeah. not, it hasn't got to the point where it's clicky yet. Yeah. Like I feel like if you come in in year nine, year ten, it would be a bit of a different story. Yeah, but totally. We were sort of young enough to be like, let's go play cops and robbers, like let's be friends, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So had a pretty, pretty good time there.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And then what about the writing side? Were you, were you into writing as a kid? Uh, that's writing past James. Hey, guys, future James here. Just wanted to make sure that articulation doesn't fall by the wayside. So we're talking about writing, not writing. Thanks. Back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, like I literally remember in the UK, there was like this like storytelling competition where you had to like do a little bit of creative writing and write your almost like a short story, I guess. Hmm. And we put it in and, and I won and it was like the year five and six and I was year five at the time. So I'd like beaten out the year sixes and I was like, wow, I like won this this creative writing competition. And, and then since then, I think that kind of gave me a real confidence when I was young to like just keep writing. And yeah. I think a lot of people that are creative are not necessarily creative in just one area. Like it, it kind of, goes in and out and you might explore something else. And and yeah, so I think writing has kind of been more of a personal exploration for me. Like I haven't really shown my work. I got into a master's program for creative writing mm-hmm. um, at Victoria, which was quite competitive. And then right. I got wicked yeah. and then I decided, oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go this route right. rather than the writing route. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah, it's, it's always kind of been there in the background. I've always written little stories, little poems, and just really enjoyed it, but never really showed it to anyone. So, obviously, with the novel coming out, I'm, like, terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really shown my work. Like, I've shown my work to my mum, my editor, and that's, like, it. So, yeah, yeah, it's, like, really scary, but I feel really excited at the same time.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that a bit later. First, though, another theatre question. What would be your dream role to play that you haven't played already?
1: I absolutely love the musical Waitress. Sure. I think it's so funny, like the comedy and it is so great, um, but also has a real big heart. And so there's a character there called Jenna, mm-hmm. who's a waitress and, you know, a bit down and out, <laughs> a bit of a tough situation she's in. It's just such a beautiful character, beautiful songs. And, yeah, I think I'd like to explore Jenna one day, and I think – Quite a lot of the time, musical theatre is like, you know, really big and, yeah. you know, you have to be really kind of OTT with it. But I think that character, you could be quite real and realistic and like almost to the point of, um, you know, like screen work. It almost yeah. feels like quite a cinematic performance, which I think would be really fun.
0: Yeah. And the climax mm-hmm. of that show is this beautiful song she used to be mine mm. and it, like the mm. climax of most shows is massive and big but the climax of that is just her on a stage just yeah by herself
1: yeah, yeah. and it's it's so emotional and it's so raw yeah 100 percent.
0: so moving on to your study mm. you, st- you went to toy facari
1: yeah i did yeah
0: how was that experience
1: it was really good it was really good it really challenged me it was also really freaking hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Like, most people were just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a lecture, you know, might have an assignment due. Yeah. Like, didn't seem to be, like, at uni that much. Yeah. But with toy, it's like you get there at, like, 7 o'clock, like yeah. 7 a.m. for warm-up. You warm up physically, vocally for the day, and then you're there till, like, 5. But then if you have projects or something like that, you have to work in the evening until like nine or you have to go in on the weekends. And it was just like really, really intense. You have to be there every day yeah. and you have to perform and you know, do good work every day. And it kind of like forces you to do that, to just keep showing up, even if you don't feel like it. It's a really good lesson, I think, as an actor. There will be days where you don't feel like doing shows. Totally. Where you feel a little bit under the weather or, you know, something bad's happened at home and you like feeling a little bit emotional, but you've got to turn up, you've got to deliver. Yeah, And I feel like that was something I really learned from Toy. and It was a really good lesson, just actually just the act of just showing up. We had a class of 20, 20 people, and I think it was a really good experience for me learning about so many different types of people because I feel like at Chiltern, it was just like, all girls school, yeah. you know, yeah. and to get guy friends and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Everyone had come from really different backgrounds and were really different people. And I think that was a really awesome experience for me, experiencing new cultures, experiencing new world views and life views and kind of opened me up creatively as well. Sure. I think. Mm. Yeah.
0: Are you still close with all the people in your year?
1: Yeah, 100%. I feel like I feel like creatives like we're great when we're with each other like it's like nothing has changed I'm not great at like continually keeping in contact with people and yeah. messaging people and, yeah. and my friends are the same as well but like when we're both in the same city we'll like catch up and it's like yeah. oh my god best friends like nothing has yeah, nothing has changed I feel that. since we went to school
0: yeah <laughs> that's that's part of the reason why I started this podcast
1: yeah <laughs> just, to, really?
0: just to connect with people again <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah i feel like creatives are just like in their own little bubble like i i get it all the time I'm on the grind in my own bubble and i'm like Oh wow i haven't like actually talked to that person for ages yeah. but you just don't think about it totally
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah and as you say when you come together you're so so connected and so like you've never left and i think that's yeah. a testament to being with a group of people for that amount of time and like Performing with them, which is such a vulnerable thing, you really get to know the people that you're working with.
1: Yeah, 100%. Mm. That's exactly what it feels like. Just like we've never left, nothing's different.
0: Yeah. You also went to LA. Yeah. To the Lee Strasberg Film and Theatre Institute.
1: Oh, very nice. You've done your homework. I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, how did that come about and how was that?
1: LA was amazing. Um, I went with my friend Grace, who was at Toy with me. I think that was partly because, or basically I'll backtrack. <laughs> we have to do an internship in our second year right. at Toy. And it can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. LA was like the place I was scared of. Like I didn't really want to go there. I probably would have felt more comfortable going back to the UK and going back home. Sure, But because I was scared of it, I was like, I need to do it. Mm. And I actually loved it. It was such an incredible experience. We got taught by David Strasberg, which is Lee Strasberg's son, yeah. which was, like, so crazy that we'd, like, <laughs> read books about the Strasberg method and yeah. all that. And we're like, oh, my God, this is his son. But, yeah, it was it was really good. It was, like, a really great learning experience in terms of acting and, like, like the course was, I think, about two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. But also just in terms of, like, life experience. And I think that's such an important thing as an actor to, like, just have heaps of different experiences and meet lots of different people yeah. um, that's almost just as important as like craft and technique and stuff like that yeah yeah grace and i it was just like a wild time <laughs> like we just had the best time like, i think we were still 20 at the time and got into clubs <laughs> yeah just got up to like crazy stuff went to heaps of shows Sure. met lots of different people and just yeah like had the best time and i feel like LA has like an amazing pace to it. Mm. I think we were there for like a month all up. And I came back and I was really missing like there's just such a pace there. Yeah. That you're like, oh, I feel so slow here until you until you get used to it again. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely loved it there. I'd love to live there, I think, one day. Yeah. One day.
0: Was that one of the options for the internship or was that just something that you decided on?
1: They kind of want you to do something acting related. Mm-hmm but they're like kind of not fussed. Like you have to kind of do your own homework and your own research. Like I was looking at courses in London. I think it's, it's pretty much course based or like with the internship, I know that someone went to home and away and they did first AD, first director, like getting experience on set or doing a course. Or I also, another part of my internship was that I did the show the last five years Mm -hmm. And like sort of made my own theater company. And I did that with John Hunter, who was like my vocal teacher at school. He came on and directed. And we had Mark Dorrell, who's obviously amazing Mm -hmm. um, musical directing and playing. And Justin Rogers played Jamie. And so that was like another part of my internship. So there, there was kind of the two elements. So obviously doing a show and putting together a show and producing it as well as being in it was like a massive learning experience. I actually got like super sick because I think I tried to put too much on my plate
0: Right. and yeah. I should
1: have maybe delegated a little bit more, got a couple more people on yeah I was like doing, I felt like I was doing everything. Um, and then I got really sick before the show. I completely lost my voice about oh, two no. days before the show. <laughs> and you know, it's like one of the biggest things. It's like half the show Yeah. is Kathy singing. Yeah.
0: It's just two people and one of them's you. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs>
1: And I had to go on, like, Mark Doral was like, get these. I can't even remember what they're called. He was like, Ellie, you need to get these steroids. So I, like, <laughs> went to went to the doctors and, like, practically begged them to give me these steroids that would give me my voice back. I was yeah. like, please, I have to have them. <laughs> and then, yeah, got my voice back. But then, like, when I went off the steroid, I literally came, like, 5 kgs. It was so crazy what it did to your body. Yeah. And then when I came off them, like, I couldn't sing as well as right. I Used to have been able to for maybe about three months. Yeah. So yeah, don't get steroids, don't steroids. unless you have kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so another theatre question: mm. What would be your dream miscast role? Ooh. A role that you'd never ever be cast as?
1: I love this question. The first thing that came to my head was Alexander Hamilton. Sure. Or Burr. Yeah. Oh, I just love Hamilton. Like same. I can't wait. It's coming out on Disney soon, uh-huh. isn't it? Like
0: yeah in like so two weeks excited. i'm so excited <laughs> oh
1: my god I, it just it's gonna be i think it's so great because a lot of people haven't been able to actually see the show because yeah. it's really expensive yeah um so i think it's so great that it's becoming accessible for everyone because it's just the music is a mate like i've only listened to the music haven't seen even seen the show mm-hmm. or any bootlegs or anything and i'm just like i can just tell yeah. it's just phenomenal mm-hmm. like the music is just so awesome and yeah, just such a cool story as well. He's just amazing, isn't he, Lin-Manuel? Uh-huh. Such a clever guy.
0: I- I've seen kind of the documentary of how he started it. He got a book of the story of Alexander Hamilton, and he just put it into a musical as it is. Hamilton's story is a hip hop story. Basically starting at the bottom, now he's here. They didn't change anything about his story. That's just how it was. And it's like, in that time, how can this story be a hip hop story? (laughs) Hey guys, future James here again. Just wanted to jump in here and say that I am well aware that there are historical inaccuracies in Hamilton. And I am aware that people are trying to cancel Hamilton for those inaccuracies, which I find absolutely bizarre however if you do look at you know like the wikipedia page of alexander hamilton hamilton the musical is pretty shot for shot for his life and that's no pun intended for my shot maybe intended a little bit but yeah just wanted to say that all right back to the podcast
1: yeah like it's just totally wild isn't it like i didn't i didn't know that that they haven't changed any of the plot points yeah like make it it's just his life (laughs) that makes him even cleverer Yeah.
0: Speaking of dream roles, the first role that you actually played professionally was Al Woods.
1: Yes, I did.
0: Which is a crazy first professional role.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. It was like the wildest time. Like the whole situation as to how I got the role as well was totally wild. So I was doing a show at Toy Mm -hmm. with like an outside director and I said to the director, I was like, there's a show I think it could be great for me. Like I've booked my flights to go down and audition. I hope that's okay with you. It's just one day of our rehearsal period. Yeah. Like it was an ensemble show, so I wasn't in all of it. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm sure we can figure this out. It's professional. You know, I'm here to do professional stuff after we leave because I was in third year. Yeah. And she was like, no, you can't go. Oh. <laughs> was like, what? She's like, no, no, you can't go. Absolutely not. And then I was just like, oh my God, like, I just, re- I just had a really good feeling. Mm. I was like, no, 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 I've got to audition for that show. So I like went to um, my movement teacher, Chris, who like called Steven and like the court and was like, we've got this girl. We really want you to see her. She can't come down during the week. So um, can she come on a Saturday? They were like, yeah, sure. Like she can come. And then I like, it was just so crazy. Like walked into the court, never been to the court before. Yeah only been to Christchurch like once or twice I met Stephen and Richard and while I was there I just like sung so much better did a scene they were like should we audition her for a Vita as well I was <laughs> like, yeah sure okay and like just sung don't cry for me Argentina yeah. and then we were like talking like could, could you do a Vita as, the in- as an internship like that we we're just sort of like discussing options yeah and then I just walked out and I was like what the heck just happened like <laughs> What just happened? Did I just that book two so shows? <laughs> Did I just audition for one I didn't want? Like, even I think during the audition, I was like hinting at them, could do that, but you know, Al would be really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, and obviously got the role. I think it was like quite a high pressure situation yeah. and role for the first thing I'd ever done. And obviously, coming in as like an outsider
0: yeah totally. I was like
1: who does who does
0: <laughs> but now you're an insider
1: yeah now now I'm on the inside <laughs> but yeah ended up making heaps of friends and just had a grand old time and yeah again I feel like this is a bit of a thing that keeps repeating I got really sick right <laughs> I got really sick before I think it's like the stress I put on myself and like for wicked and Other shows I've done now, I've got all these vitamins and like all the stuff I take to make sure I don't get sick, Mm -hmm. but hadn't learned it at that point. And so got really sick before I did the show. There was a point where I thought I might not be opening, like might be my understudy opening. Uh And I was like really upset and it was a really stressful time. But then, you know, got there opening night and Steven comes, he's like, how are you feeling? (laughs) I was like, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like wasn't completely vocally fine, but wasn't going to let him know. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and then he let me go on for opening and it it was just awesome. I had a smashing old time. So
0: so yeah, there
1: there was a point where I was, I thought I wasn't going to open, which would have been a really sad situation, Mm. but did get to. So I'm really lucky that I was able to do that. Yeah. Totally. Such a fun show as well. Like again, such a girl power show. Yeah to yeah
0: yeah it was but, just, it, but it, in a completely different way to ooh, waitress
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% yeah just like fun and fluffy and bubbly and yeah hilarious yeah
0: totally jumping back mm. to Toy Fikari you talked mm. about your theater company how was that process I guess
1: yeah it was like a really interesting process like being someone that was completely creative minded to then do that. Cause I feel like now I'm a lot more, obviously a little bit older, a lot more business minded. I think it would be a very different experience doing a show now. Cause we, we did lose money on, on it Mm -hmm. for like a number of factors, like rather than a keyboard, like wanted a real nice piano and we had to get it tuned about three times. And then like, Costume and set went above budget. And then, so we like sold out the whole show, but like still lost money. But that's that's showbiz, isn't it? (laughs) Something else I've done with the theatre company this year was I did a like a Voices Across the Ditch Australian bushfire Hmm. relief concert, which was sort of like again starting to dabble in producing. Yeah. It was stressful. Man, being a producer, I don't think people give them enough credit. Hmm. It's, bloody stressful um and that was just a concert yeah but yeah so did this awesome concert and got like all these amazing people in wellington um ali harper actually mm-hmm. ended up singing because yeah. she was in wellington at the time She hurt granddaughter so that was amazing and chris Crow, who's, who's played the phantom nick purdy and then we had like all these amazing other people um shireen clark who was my Um, old boss and she's she would play Nala on the West End so she's like legit amazing and yeah just like all these really amazing Wellington musical theater artists and we all came together and there was a point where I was like we're not gonna sell it we're not gonna sell it Mm -hmm. um because I basically had a zero advertising dollar budget so it was all through like word of mouth and social media so I just like Didn't have any money to put into it. And yeah, and we raised about like six and a half K and split it across wires, just like a wildlife fund Mm -hmm. and Australian Red Cross. So that was a really cool experience. And I I definitely like to start producing stuff with the theatre company more. Yeah. Um I think obviously with the pandemic, like that's a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit bit more of a risk now, isn't it? That, you definitely. know, are people going to come and sit near each other yeah. for that amount of time? Hopefully next year when everything calms down, I'll yeah. be able to start producing stuff and, and doing some more stuff again. Yeah.
0: I, I do think people want it. It's just when we can get it going again.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. I think people are probably really excited to go mostly to, you know, to films and definitely to theater and, it's just a part that keeps us going, isn't it? Gives us something to look forward to. It's yeah, Hulk.
0: it is. Oh, I miss going to the theatre.
1: Oh, me too.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the theatre, for this question, I always have like a role in mind that I think that the person will answer. And I think I have this for you. What is your favourite role that you've played? Glinda. There you go. Got it. Smashed Damn, it. smashed it. <laughs>
1: but yeah, like Al Woods was also like, totally dream role like totally dream but wicked for me it's just always been my fave It's always yeah. been number one and yeah so to do glinda i actually i always when i was younger i always used to want to play alphabet because i was yes. always told you know you're a mezzo soprano you don't you don't have those higher notes not always told just told by one person.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) We won't get into that.
1: We won't get into that. Um, But yeah. And then I, you know, obviously started to believe it myself. I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not a sop. I'm not a soprano. I can't sing that high. And it was like, almost became like a self-fulfilling prophecy and then I wasn't practicing up there, which I should have been to improve. And then, yeah, I actually auditioned by Tate. I sent a tape in to, um, for both Alfie and for Glinda. So I auditioned for both. But when I was practicing and prepping for the audition, I was like definitely more drawn to Glinda than Alfie and like ended up practicing her stuff a heap more and like almost didn't touch that belty Alfie stuff. It was, it was such a cool experience. As a younger, like 15, 16, I never thought I would actually be able to play that role because I didn't vocally have the chops for it. Yeah. And then to have worked and worked and worked. And then, oh wow, okay. No, you can sing high enough. You can do that in front of, mm. you know, all those people in a bloody bubble. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and for me, like that was that's probably like one of the proudest achievements in my life. The fact that that was something I never thought I could do. And mm. I didn't think I was a soprano. And then to, you know, go and play one of the most iconic soprano roles in musical theatre was just oh, like yeah. an incredible experience and an incredible feeling.
0: And that being such a special show when you were younger, it must have been so cool to f- kind of fulfill that childhood dream.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I remember just like standing there and hugging Jane at the end of the sh- at the end of our opening show and I was like, oh my yeah. God, like did we just do that? Like yeah. that's stuff that dreams are made of, you know?
0: Totally. And then how is the actual process of getting into it
1: yeah I found the process interesting (laughs) I think obviously working with Stephen and Richard before was good because you know you have a language and things that Stephen and I uh, will work through in Legally Blonde I felt like I had more of an understanding of um, like because I tend to build a character from the ground up so you know I start Within myself, and I'm like testing things and trying things, and that's what I was doing with Al. And it was more because um, of the way I've been trained. I wasn't trained for musical theatre; I was trained for theatre, and specifically yeah. like for screen. So I was giving more yeah. of like a um, cinematic performance for Al at the beginning, which like Stephen was really like struck. He was like, "No, no, no! it Needs to be bigger. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be bigger." So we kind of yeah. had this dialogue around scale. I felt like when I did use scale and go wild. Like I lost the truth of it. And I was like, well, that's not, I don't want to just like do this big thing and not yeah. not for it to be rooted in, in truth. Previously to Glinda, I worked a lot more around scale, but keeping the truth and around and like just kind of putting out a bigger offer at the start. And then I yeah. felt like I could kind of keep just leveling up from there. Um, and he was a lot happier with that because I think he could see He likes to see the end product or close to the end product and then work to refine that rather than build straight from the ground up. That's probably, you know, something as an actor you should be doing before rehearsal starts. So that was a good piece of learning from Legally bond to Wicked that I kind of carried through that I felt I had improved in, which was really nice as well.
0: Cool. So now moving on to the book. The book. The book. (laughs) 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 so for those that don't know ellie is is still writing
1: literally this weekend is like my final round of edits
0: so great so that (laughs) (laughs) ellie is um writing a book it is called i am marked Mm -hmm. i read the first chapter did your email thing which you can also do dear listener if you how can i get the first chapter
1: yeah, so you just go on to EJEden.com because I'm just using a little pen name because I thought, why not? And I think EJ Eden mm-hmm. sounds fun. So ejeden.com, you can subscribe to my newsletter, which I'm basically only going to put out with like big announcements and fun stuff. So I'm not going to bloody spam you. Yeah. Um, so you just pop your email in there and then I'll send you the first chapter of the book so you can get a little taster and see if it's something you might want to want to grab and want to read so
0: do you mind if I say the first line because I think it's great
1: no 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 go for it
0: so the first line is I hadn't planned on dying today which is like an amazing opening to a book like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just hooks you straight away
1: oh thank you literally there was 50 pages before that line so right I cut 50 pages
0: Oh, and then I awesome. was like,
1: no, it needs to start at this point. Yeah, so, it needs yeah. to start with the action. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. No dilly-dallying in in this day, I think, in this day and age, you know, everyone's got so much entertainment around them and so many options. I was like, no, can't like too much backstory, just need to start with the action. Just start where it gets exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because it's it's for me it's kind of like Hunger Games esque with also some like mutant stuff thrown in there so can you explain like kind of what it's about
1: so yeah totally hunger games was like my favorite trilogy Mm -hmm. book series as a as a teen and like definitely a huge amount of inspiration drew from that but in terms of the story so there has been a plague and it happened about 20 years ago and pretty much a lot of humanity as it is has like died out Anyone that didn't succumb to, to the plague, their bodies have mutated to like survive. And basically mm. they've become like a new version of humans, like superhumans. So they're really strong. They're really fast. They don't need as much sleep. They don't need to eat or drink as much. Um, but then everything else in the planet, so all the other animals that survived have also mutated. So then there are sort of like big monsters that kind of roam yeah. the world. Yeah. Our main character is called Ava. And so we start with Ava in the first chapter. She's battling one of the monsters, which she calls a mute because it's like a mutated animal, Mm -hmm. mute. Um, So she's battling a mute. And then she is basically like, that's the end. Like she pretty much could die right now. And she gets saved by some people that have something Mm -hmm. called a gun. (laughs) (laughs) And the story kind of progresses from there. Yeah.
0: Cool. What kind of sparked the idea?
1: Really random. I had a dream and it was like one, it, it was originally I had the dream as the first chapter of the book, which was like a prologue. It was these people in like almost like a concentration camp and they were escaping mm-hmm. and I just wrote the dream down and then I kept writing and then this other world kind of started emerging from this original dream and um, and yeah, and it just kind of, I just got idea after idea after idea and it just kind of kept going.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just
1: kept writing.
0: That's <laughs> such a cool spark. It seems quite cliche. Like I had a, I had a dream, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like
0: literally that's what happened.
1: It's totally cliche, but I think like a lot of writer, like your subconscious knows what's up, you know, like mm. it's amazing what your subconscious can do while, while you're asleep and there's, I think Stephanie Meyer, her, I'm not saying my book's gonna be like Twilight, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Stephanie Meyer had a dream and that's how she had the Twilight yeah. universe emerge. So I think, yeah, it does sound super cliche, but yeah, it's like a writer thing. You just like write down your dreams. I, I now like have more of a dream journal and like, mm-hmm. cause I do have really random dreams that can sometimes spark something that I'm like, oh, that's an interesting character or that's an interesting idea, but. Yeah. When, when I remember them.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my problem. I just don't remember my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so you, t- you touched on your pen name, mm-hmm. EJ Eden. Yeah. EJ is obviously Ellie Jane, mm-hmm. but where did the Eden come from?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, my brother as well, like calls me EJ, Like a lot of people close to me call me EJ. So that was mm-hmm. kind of like where the first bit came from. And just in terms of like deciding that I wanted a pen name, Ellie Neal gets spelt wrong a lot. Like people spell Ellie so many different ways. Yeah. And also Neal is always spelt wrong unless I spell it out for someone. And I want someone to, you know, to be able to hear this podcast and be able to like go online and search me without like getting the wrong.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: getting it spelt wrong and not being able to find me. Or I yeah, yeah, so I really liked EJ. And then Eden just came from the fact I I really liked, I kind of tested a few things on Instagram and sort of like asked my followers what they like, because obviously you want to go with the market. So you want to go with yeah. something that people are going to be interested in, that people respond to. And I mm. think the EE, that's where at first I wanted something that was EE, like Cassandra yeah. Claire, because I love her as well. And that, that's a pen name, Cassandra Claire. I don't actually know what her real name is which tells you something
0: (laughs) future james can jump in here he goes oh cheers past james so cassandra Clare is of course the author of the mortal instruments series her real name is judith lewis all right back to the podcast
1: thank you pj eden i just thought sounded catchy people know how to spell eden because it's like in the bible it's everywhere from that so And I just really liked it. It's not really anything particularly meaningful. I just like it and I think it sounds catchy.
0: (laughs) It is very catchy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So coming towards the end of the podcast, and speaking of the podcast, this is called Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, which is based around acting professionally and having that as a dream. So my question to you is, what is your Kiwi dream? So yeah. obviously you've got the acting, the writing, is it to become Stephanie Meyer, as you said?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think dreams are interesting. For a really long time, I put all of my self-worth in my dream of becoming a professional actor. So sure. I think for me, it's important to like keep my dreams grounded in reality because sometimes, yeah. you know, if... If something doesn't happen, um, you don't want to put all of your self-worth on that. And then, you know, like your mental health to to go to poos or, you know, something like that, which is you know not ideal. My dreams have definitely kind of gone from acting and are kind of pivoting now more towards writing. But Mm. in terms of an acting dream, I would love to have a role in a TV series. I don't know. Cool what or where or how but that's something that's a dream of mine did
0: that come from the your toy Ficari experience
1: yeah it was definitely more screen orientated yeah so like all of my thoughts and you know a lot of my training was kind of more towards the, the screen area of um hmm. the the industry so and yeah I just like you know when you just really love a tv series and you get so addicted and you just get so into it yeah. like would be yeah. great to be part of something like that, um, yeah, that someone really you know enjoys and they can look forward to it and then in terms of my writing dreams, I think it's just to to keep writing, and for me, that's enough to keep putting pen to paper and to keep getting books out and for people to enjoy it, I think quality work is really important. Yeah. I invested in an editor, I invested in a book cover designer because for me, the quality is. Is really important. I just want to put stuff out there that I'm proud of and that I can say, you know, hand on heart, I'm proud of it. You know, it might get a bad review or something, but I know that I've done all that I can do to make it the best quality I possibly can. Yeah. So for me, it would just be that I keep writing quality work and that people enjoy that work.
0: Awesome. I guess lastly, when is the book coming out and where can people get it when it does?
1: Yes. Thank you. Um, it comes out August 16th on Amazon. So that'll be ebook and paperback on Amazon. Um, but something I've noticed that I've put on my socials is that it's really expensive to ship the book from, cause it gets printed in the U S it's really expensive right. to ship it from there to here. And, mm-hmm. um, obviously I want all my friends and family to read it in, in New Zealand. So I'm doing a, a little print run here in New Zealand um, so they can buy it online on September the 16th on ejeden.com I'm going to have a little shop set up there and you get free shipping. So, yeah, yeah so, so people can enjoy it here and not just be in the States. to have to, or you know, pay a crazy amount of money to, yeah. to ship it across.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, of course, you can get the first chapter right now at yeah. ejedon.com.
1: Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've actually really enjoyed it. I was like, really getting into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but- it's, it's awesome what we can dig up by just having a conversation.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's fun talking about your life and your experiences and being like, wow, that's, that's crazy that that thing happened. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think especially the New Zealand theatre industry, you don't really get to do that a lot.
1: No, no. Which is,
0: again, part of the reason why I did this podcast.
1: Yeah, you're doing amazing stuff. I love it.
0: Thanks. And thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next week with another guest. Bye. Bye. <laughs> awesome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Ellie's performing career, as well as a newfound foray into the world of publication. As we said in the episode, you can get the first chapter of I Am Marked right now by going to ejeden.com and signing up to the mailing list. The full book releases on August 16th worldwide with a free shipping deal for New Zealand coming on September 16th. You can keep up to date with Ellie and the progress of the book at e.jedenauthor on Instagram. While you're there, why not follow the podcast at and other Kiwi dreams? You may even get a chance to ask my guests questions from time to time. You can also find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and the website. All of those links are in the description. Join me next week as I talk to the ex CEO of a hospital, or well, a fake hospital at least, on Broadway and other kiwi dreams.